Orlando InfoPod, the podcast for all things Orlando. Do you love vacationing in the magical world of Orlando, Florida? Do you need information, news, laughter? Well, this is the podcast for you. We have news, views, and information that will help you have the best vacation ever. Available on eight platforms. Find us on Facebook for all the links. Good evening and welcome to the Orlando Info Pod, episode four. Can you believe we're on episode four already? And we've even thrown a Orlando Info Pod extra in a couple of days ago. So we're we're well underway now with this podcast, and we hope you're enjoying everything that you hear. We hope that it's been informative and helpful and funny in places. On tonight's show, we have or today's show, or this morning's show, should I say. Depends when you're listening. Uh, We have a discussion between the Orlando InfoZone admin of Tim Tinsley, Sue Sutherland, and myself, Peter Harper. And we have the It's Orlando Time admin. Well, that team, we've got Rob Davey. We've got Chris, Chris Fenton. Sorry, Chris. And he got myself again, because obviously I'm admin on both groups. Right, and we're going to be talking about travelling and holidaying with young children. Uh, Always a tricky one, but we're going to draw on everybody's experience, opinions, and dedicated information that we know. And we hope that you enjoy all that you hear. It's a little bit longer than normal discussions, because we got right into it, and... We really didn't want to stop. We could have gone on for another hour, but uh, we have to draw a line somewhere. So we hope you enjoy it and we hope you take in all that we say and do and add to it your opinions. Let us know on the Orlando Info Pod group page on Facebook what you think of our shows and the discussions and give your opinions and tips and helpful lines as well. Also, we have Michael Hadley, the grumpy middle-aged dad and Lottie final chapter. It's in two parts and it's so sad to reach the end of his second book. We've enjoyed listening to Michael read out his own his own way of looking at trips to Orlando and his trips to Orlando. He's uh, He's got a special edge to it that gives you a giggle right the way through from start to finish. Both his books have been absolutely outstanding. And I'm sure if you haven't read them, that everybody who has will recommend you get one. And of course, all the money that's raised from Michael's books goes to charity. Um, if you go and listen to the Orlando Infopod Extra, you will hear Michael tell you how you can get hold of his books. And of course, we've got Sue Sutherland bringing us the weather for the next two weeks in Orlando. So sit back, relax, enjoy everything on offer. And as I say, let us know what you think on the Orlando Info Pod Facebook page. So for now, I'm going to put my feet up and have a good listen myself. Let's take it away.
Good evening and welcome to episode four of the Orlando Infopod. Tonight we're going to be talking about travelling to Orlando and holidaying in Orlando with young children. And we have five people up to now in the conversation. You've got myself, Peter Harper. You've got Sue Sutherland. You've got Tim Tinsley. You've got Chris Fenton and you've got Rob Davey. I'm going to get Rob and Chris to introduce themselves because they haven't been on the show before and we want to know a little bit about them. So I'll go to Rob first. Evening, guys. Uh, I'm Rob Davey. Uh, been an advocate. Oh, try not to take in the background. <laughs> uh, basically, I've been uh, an IOT admin now for I think coming up to three years. Uh, it's gone really, really quick. Uh, been to Orlando nine times now. Uh, several times with the wife, and now three times uh, with the kids, and once with our son when he was on uh, eighteen months old. So uh, yeah, been been a few times. Stayed on Disney most of the time, uh, but yeah, it's yeah we love it there. To be honest. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, it's gl- I'm glad that you've stayed on site because I've been with the grandkids and with my own kids years ago, and I stay off site. So we'll get a couple of different varying opinions there. Excellent. Right, let's go over to Chris. Yeah, so I'm Chris Fenton, also known as Chris Duke. Uh, been an admin on IoT for about 20 minutes now. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I've been an admin by proxy with Kirsten for, I think she's done it for about two years now. So usually we're known for blogging and merchandise shopping. We're sort of <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, we're here because I want to know much more about taking kids to Orlando. And why do you want to know about taking children to Orlando, Chris? Yeah, because, well, our youngest one's 29 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> You've got it all to come. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Right. <laughs> also, we've got Sue Sutherland, who everybody knows loves Mickey Mouse. Because sure that's, a, that's a catchphrase. And the ever-faithful Tim Tinsley. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon, Gosh. Tim. Uh, I'm sure the wife will be pleased about that comment. <laughs> <laughs> right. And also we have a a writing guest. Uh, Cheryl Mullally from It's Orlando Time Admin has written a little piece to kick us off, really. It'll uh, get the conversation flowing. So I'm just going to read that out to you. And it's a top tips. Top tips. We first flew with our girls at 20 months. Four and seven. <laughs> She'd put a side note in here. Kirsten Fenton, Chris Duke, first few times will, with a new baby, I would say will be the easiest sleep, feed, sleep, feed, etc., etc. If I had to do it again, I would have booked an extra seat. Working with a 20 month old is not an easy feat. There's no room. Trying to eat and swap knees with others, it just would have given that a little bit more room. Remember, a child on a knee does not get a meal on their own, so that needs to be considered. There's also not a lot of room to change a nappy on your knee in a bathroom, which we I think everybody's been on a plane, whether they've got kids or not, know how small they are. You can take your stroller right into the airplane doors. Uh, godsend, to be honest. Then you fold it and set it aside and pick it up at the airplane door when getting off. Airlines usually allow two free children's items, so stroller and car seat, they will bag your seat and it will go in oversized luggage. I would recommend taking your own car seat. Uh, I'll 
agree with that one. Yes, it's extra to carry, but you have the peace of mind of knowing it hasn't been in any accidents or damaged. And lots of little activities for them, depending on their age. Snacks, plenty of snacks. If your child has a disability, check to see if the airport has an assistance program. We always fly Dublin. It's a two-hour drive for us, but with two ASD kids, Dublin has a green lanyard system. There is staff all over wearing pink shirts who look out for the green lanyard. You can apply for one via their website and must show proof. They then check from check-in. We'll escort you through security and through to pre-clearance. And we have never had to queue once. Once past pre-clearance, they leave and you board on the first call. Belfast does a similar sunflower lanyard, although we have never flown from there. Every airline has different policies on baby milk, so worth checking in advance for that. And Cheryl says she hopes that them few tips help us all out. Well, thank you, Cheryl, for sending them tips to us. Uh, I agree with everything you've said, especially about uh, Kirsten and Chris having the easiest time when the babies arrived. It will get harder, believe me, as they get older. <laughs> right. Rob, when was the last time you went with your children? Uh, October last year. Right. And what ages are they? Uh, they are now uh, 12, uh, yeah, 12 and 14 now. All right. Yeah, uh, so uh, <laughs> plenty yeah. of hard work. What difference do you find taking them now than you did when they were younger? Uh, taking them now, they're yeah. so much easier to go off and please themselves to a, an extent. Uh, Luke's the oldest, so there was a couple of evenings when we were staying in Port Orleans that me and Luke decided that we wanted to go out. So Luke decided that he'd go down to the food court, grab yep. a pizza on the dining plan, grab a drink on the dining plan, go back and watch Disney films in the hotel which they absolutely loved and it gave us sort of an hour and a half, two hours just for me and Lou to have a bit of our time. Yeah, it makes a Whereas big difference. Before, when they were younger, yeah, we had to use the uh, Disney on-site uh, babysitter. Well, not the on-site, but I can't remember the the company, but they had their recommended babysitting service. Yeah. And we used that when Luke was younger and it was good. But, oh, there you go. She shouted from the top, kids' night out. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so, uh, which was an expensive evening out, but it was worth it. Yeah. But then, you know, it's what you've got to decide, whether it's for one night, you know, that you just do decide that they're all trained. They come in, they look after the kids. You know, they have your number. Yeah. They know where you're going. Uh, and if there's any issues, they can get hold of you so easily as well. But obviously, now they're old enough, They we don't need to worry that about that too much, which is brilliant. Yeah, I can well imagine that it makes life easier the older they get. Well, in the teens, the older they yes. get. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so when was the last time you took children? I know it was a while ago. Well, yeah, my own children it was. But um, in 2014, we travelled with our grandchildren. Um, ah. 16 months and three years old they were at the time but obviously their parents were there as well um they did uh, very cleverly actually um their dad booked them an extra seat for the baby 
because she's 16 months old, obviously, they don't actually get a seat, but he had booked yeah. a seat, which was absolutely fantastic. But between the four of us, there were the kids were good to watch the, their films. They We took plenty of things to entertain them on the plane. Um, when we got to Disney, we had a, we had a villa, which mm-hmm. is basically home from home. So it was fantastic. Yeah, it was. we found it always quite easy. Ian's very, very calm and doesn't stress, you know. It's so, the opposite to me. Yeah, he doesn't stress <laughs> at all. Well, you know what like he is. He's very calm. Oh, yeah, so stress. laid back. He is, yeah. And takes things in the stride. If the kids are not up to it, then, well, let's just have a day by the pool. You know, mm. he doesn't He doesn't worry. You know, you have to be flexible with children and go with. There's no point yeah. in pushing them too hard or you're just going to make everybody miserable. True. Chris, yeah. have you got any questions that you, you're worried about taking a child? Well, it's kind of for Rob, when you were saying you were staying on site, what was the youngest? You took your children to stay on site at Disney. Uh, basically... Uh... We stayed at our, we had a uh, timeshare with Disney, a DVC. Yeah. Uh, and we actually stayed at uh, our home resort, which was Saratoga Springs. Okay. And he was 18 months. Uh, and to be honest, it was brilliant. They were so good with him. Uh, as I said, Kids Night Out came out to look after him for one night. Uh, he was in the pool with us. The guys around the pool were really, really good. The people in the dining, uh, you know, dining areas, all really, really good. Uh, and to be honest, it's so much easier. But we we were lucky. We hired a car uh, when we were out there. So like you guys, you hire a car all the time. Yeah. And for us, f- for us personally, it was easier to jump in the car, drive to the park, and then go do what you want to do. And then when Luke got tired, it was a case of, right, we'll head back to the hotel. He could have a snooze. Or we could go to the pool. He could, you know, play in the pool. You know, toddle around, do whatever he wanted, and then a snooze, and then we'd go back in the evenings for a little while, and then come back, get to bed, and start all over again the following day. Mm-hmm. I can't fault, to be honest. I I love the Disney transportation, but when you've got a little one in a pushchair, it is a nightmare trying to get on and off that bus with a pushchair and a carry bag. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and in all honesty, it's not the drivers. It's all the rest of the guests that are pushing you to get on and get off. Yeah. And to be honest, it, it, it does become a bit of a pain in the backside because okay. you do feel rushed. And hence why we had the car. We just used the car all the time then. And we, we only used the bus two or three times. And then it was a case of no, we're using the car. We know what we're doing. We can get back. We can get, you know, get in the car. We're back to the resort within a five-minute drive. That's it. Job done. And it's so much easier doing it that way for us. Uh, and obviously, when we went out with Lottie, uh, she was four, four and six, I think it was. Uh, same again. We had the car. Uh, drive to the resort. Drive to the, you know, parks. Perfect. Come back. Uh, we've got a picture on my Facebook where Lottie... Uh, we'd, she'd fell asleep on a monorail and quite literally we got into the car and within 30 seconds she was Sparco in the car seat so you know it's definitely worthwhile doing you know the kids the kids do struggle it's hot it's humid and it's so you know emotionally tiring that the kids just want to flake out and sadly that's the thing you know on a bus they don't have chance to 
uh, and seeing a lot of parents having to carry the kids off the bus with the carrying, you know, the changing bag and the pushchair and everything else. Yeah. For us, car all the time. <laughs> Many say no, but for us, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think that's such a big selling feature with staying on site at Disney, isn't it? It's the transportation, but it's yeah. a lot of the sounds of it. Yeah. With the, with, with the kids are the ages that they're at now, yeah. and as you know, this year, uh, or sorry, last year was the first time I used a mobility scooter due to my injuries, mm-hmm. and we had we used our own car again because trying to get onto the transportation with anything like that, I found being a, a bit restrictive. Okay. Uh, you know, waiting for the bus to you know kneel down, get in there, get all strapped in, and everything else. And to be honest, for me, I didn't want to hinder any other guest experience. So I didn't want them waiting 20 minutes for me to get on and off the bus. It was easier for us to chuck it in the back of the car, leave it in the car, to the park, offload it, straight into the yeah. park, done. Uh, so transportation's good, but, you know, for some like us, you know, we prefer to drive uh, as it's just easier for us. Yeah. I've got to second that one about the car, especially with young children. When you're coming out the parks and they're all tired and crabby the best thing you can do is put them in the car seat in the car and within seconds of driving away they're asleep yeah and that's what you want and you get back to your hotel or your villa or wherever you pick them up you go and put them in bed or the cot or whatever you're putting them in and usually you're pretty safe that they're going to be asleep for a good while yeah <laughs> yeah fully agree yeah <laughs> tim when was the last time you went with kids <laughs> well, it depends what you define as a yeah, as, up to as teenage a years. Yeah, my 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 daughter's coming up to eighteen. She's been to America probably about thirty or more times. Uh, she first went was well, she'd done three times to America before she was two. Um, so we've done the the uh, kid in the uh, infant in your lap. We've done the sky carts, but we've also done the uh, buy an extra seat, or in our case, we actually bought a bigger seat. We we flew in, in, in business class rather than uh, buy an extra seat because the one problem with buying an extra seat for an under two is when the seatbelt light is on, they still need to then be on your lap Yeah. Um, because they, uh, the seatbelt on a normal seat isn't designed for a two-year-old or younger. So that's something to bear in mind, especially on a transatlantic flight, which can be a bit bumpy. Mm. Uh, you can still end up with the kid on your lap for two or three hours, which ain't no fun. Um, but a couple of years ago, we've, we've taken other people's kids with us, just randomly people's kids. We just picked up Did and know? taken with us. <laughs> um, so we've, we've taken our Wonder niece. where I saw your picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the wanted pages. Um, so we've taken our niece and our nephew a couple of times uh, over to America, uh, Orlando, and actually over to Arizona and stuff. And last time he went, he was about 11. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's at that age, it gets a lot easier. Uh, again, I completely understand Rob and the car and the Disney transport. Um, my role when my daughter was sort of about three-ish, two-ish, was to be the Sherpa. That just seemed to be my life, is just lugging a stroller on and off um, a, a, a bus whilst the, the wife had a sleeping or crying kid with her um, but when they hit the kind of the early teens um, they become a lot more independent and certainly when, when when you're within the park if there's a couple of them 
you kind of can let them uh, go off if you want, especially if they've got something like an iPhone that you can track uh, if you want, or you yeah. arrange a meeting place um, and with Wi-Fi around and everything like that. It's great. Yeah, as long as safety precautions are set up, of course, as yeah. you say, you've got to know where they are, even at teenagers, because I've been there with a the teenager and they they tend to disappear and don't want to be found sometimes. And it, it can be quite yeah. stressful. <laughs> I remember being a teenager, so I know what they're thinking. <laughs> yeah. Hence yeah, I can, yeah, I can remember being a teenager. <laughs> a yeah. Memory, yeah. 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 But right. things like things like the magic band are quite handy because you can, you know, they can have food and snacks on that and things yeah. like that. Yeah. So uh, it does give them that little bit of independence within a relatively safe environment. Yeah. Uh, as many of you know, we've got our grandchildren full time and the last two years we've taken them. So we took Casey was nine months old when we took her and Leo was one and a little bit. And that was not a bad experience at all. The only thing I didn't enjoy about the flight over was we booked a Skycot. And the one thing you got to remember on Virgin is if you book a Skycot, you're in the extra legroom seats. You can't watch your telly because you can't lift it up. As soon as you've got the Skycot down with the baby in it, you can't lift your screen up. No. So basically you're sat there the whole flight looking at a baby, Ooh. which as cute as they are for nine hours is not it's not great. <laughs> Especially when they're not sleeping either. No, so on on the way back, we asked them to keep the sky cut, and we just had the extra leg room and watched a bit of uh, a few movies with the kids on our knees. It was a lot easier. It sounds great having a sky cut. Oh, you can put them in, but as you say, when the seatbelt sign comes on, you've still got to pick them up. You've still got to, oh, it's, it's a kerfuffle. It's to me, it's not worth it. Other people may have a different opinion. They might think, "I'll take my iPad. I'll watch movies on that, and uh, the kids in the sky sky cut, and it's fine." One thing I think you've got to remember on planes is patience with other people's kids. Yes. Uh, our last trip last uh, October, the kids were obviously a year older, but Leo was two, just two, and he was very ill on the plane and he threw up everywhere. And it wasn't baby sick, it was full-on sick, and it stunk to high heaven. And we're in panic mode, trying to clean it all up with anything we can get our hands on. And a lot of people around us were, oh, that's disgusting, why can't they get it cleaned up quicker and all the rest of it? And in fact, we had a, we only had the two seats booked with the kids on our knees. By the time we'd finished, we had two rows of seats to ourselves. So how they found <laughs> seats for everybody else, I don't know. Everybody but moved. Everybody disappeared. So after the first hour or so of being sick and being very ill, he dried up a little bit. We'd cleaned up. It still stunk. We couldn't do anything about that. And the cabin staff couldn't do anything to clean the floor properly while we were in flight. But I just uh, blocked my nose, lay out on a few seats, and I was well happy that <laughs> the kids had their own seats. <laughs> but no, you're always going to get children kicking the back of your seat. You're always going to get children crying. You're always going to get children not happy, distressed. And you've just got to bear with it. 
try and remember what it was like when you were a kid, how you felt when you were ill. And yeah, it's for a long flight, it can be a pain in the butt having a screaming kid or getting your seat kicked and the parent not stopping the child doing it. But at the end of the day, the children. So you just got to bear with it. That's my opinion anyway. Yeah. Right. We've got a couple of questions off the group, OIZ group that we'll put up. I'd like to say by the members, but it was mainly by me and Tim. (laughs) (laughs) But there is a couple from members. Obviously, Tim's first question, when is it acceptable to leave them behind and go to Disney without them? (laughs) Nine months. (laughs) (laughs) As late as that. Yeah, you've got to take them once just to realise how much you want to leave them behind. Yeah. (laughs) No, seriously, uh, I'll go around the group. When would you think it would be acceptable to go, or is it acceptable to go on a holiday to Orlando without your kids? Uh, Sue? Okay, first of all, can I ask, are you you meaning while you're on holiday going into Disney without leaving in the hotel or the villa, or do you mean actually going on holiday and leaving them behind? I've read it as going on holiday and leaving them behind. Okay, well... That's what I, I wrote. Yeah. Well, um, our oldest, Nicola, she was... Um, her last one with us was 18. And Sheena was also 18, but Sean was 17 because he didn't want to come. Yeah. And when we were talking when he was 17, we, to be honest with you, we didn't really want to take him after that because he was just miserable. And I don't oh, want to yes. do that. And I don't want to do... All I want to do is sit on the computer and Skype with my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, so we were quite happy, but yeah, by the time they get teenagers and they're independent, they've got their own jobs, they've got their own life. You know, if you want to come, you're more than welcome. We'll get the villa, you can come and stay, but you bet you buy your own flight and you buy your own ticket. Yeah, uh, yeah, park tickets. And since then, well, um, as I say, we have been with the grandchildren, so our oldest daughter's been, and again in October, we're going with the grandchildren again. But um, the other two, no, they haven't managed to find the money for their flights yet, so they haven't been back with us. <laughs> <laughs> Rob uh, funny enough me and Lou was talking about this the other day uh, we don't know uh, to be honest as Lou said the other day could we do it without the kids uh, my point of view is when they leave school mm-hmm. uh, I would be happy to go <laughs> but it would be really really odd and a really strange experience because we've done it without them and the last four times we've done with them, it's a bit of an odd one. It's like, hmm, now when they do go, they get on really, really well, but they do bicker. Now, do we go on holiday and leave them at home to bicker? Do we have hours to come home to? That's the <laughs> question. Uh, and for us, it's, or for me, I'd be 16. When, you know, when they're legally allowed to stay at home, 16 years of age, you know, Luke's looking at going to college at 16. If he's at age of 16 and he's at college, then, you know, we can go away without him. But the problem is, I wouldn't want to do that and leave him here on his own and take Lottie on her own. So it would be a case of, you know, when he's 18 and she's 16, then crack on. You know, just that's when we we would go. But Mm -hmm. as Lou said, it would feel really odd and really strange going to Disney or to Orlando without the kids for us. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a big thing, really, because they've always been with us. Yeah. Rob, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Did you ever take Luke on his own? 
yes a baby yes so yep. technically you owe you owe, you owe her one don't you really yeah do you know what we did say that as well because yeah. when when we took Luke obviously he was at 18 months and he was running up and down the plane do you know what we we hardly saw him for the whole of the nine hours wow. it was amazing he was toddling up and down the plane he was to be honest he was flirting with the air stewardesses uh we had miniatures given to us we had chocolates given to us uh when we got off the plane we had a bag given to us by one of the stewards and it was full of miniatures and he said he's been absolutely brilliant on the plane so yeah. you know he he you know he's had you know the the whole thing all on his own uh, and i think we would take glossy on her own uh just to see how she gets on but it's whether she wants to or not because you know at that age she's got her friends and things like that would she want to come along on her own you know or does she want to come along with her brother and just bug the you know bug the crap out of him as such so (laughs) (laughs) that's the thing uh chris can you ever imagine i know it's a bit hard at the moment take it going to orlando once you've got children yeah probably i think when i turned 14 the last thing i wanted to do was go on holiday with my parents and i think if baby fenton's the same if he hits 14 and decides i want to stay at home with gran and granddad rather than come with us i think yeah that's fine yeah and good things happen when you don't go to orlando i started dating kirsten because i didn't go on holiday with my parents to orlando all right. Yeah, so. You'd so, yeah, be pocket, though, Chris. If you didn't. Exactly, I'd, I'd be minted. Who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've uh, asked you, Tim. It, hey, was, your, it was your question. <laughs> it feels what a bit unfair asking me. Um, we've we've gone to America <laughs> twice without my daughter, uh, so uh, she's either been left on home or gone off on a different trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've done that twice and we're currently planning next spring just for wife and I to go to probably Orlando. We're not quite sure yet whether we're going to start in Vegas and end up in Orlando or something. Yeah. Um, so we, so that will be our third trip, uh, without her. Um, but I think, I think I agree with Rob. I kind of think around about 16 ish, uh, mm. is, is about the kind of, if they're independent enough and quite happy staying at home, then that, then be so quite interesting i got uh, an email from my my elder brother uh, younger brother uh, this morning his daughter who's 16 uh is getting on a plane should be on a plane now traveling on her own to the uk um from new zealand wow uh, which is a hell of a journey to do as yeah. a 16 year old on your own so yeah. uh, to a certain extent it depends on the kid then doesn't it it yeah, depends on their maturity as well doesn't it yeah yeah yeah, we took uh, our son up until he was 18. And he just turned 18 on the last trip we took him. And it was the worst trip we've ever had in our lives. Guess why? Because he just... wanted to be with his girlfriend. <laughs> no, he wanted to drink. I was going to say drinking. Yeah. Yeah, we did that. And he would not have it that he couldn't drink over there. I'm 18, I'm 18, I'm going to have a drink. And in Universal, (laughs) he picked up his mum's bottle and took a swig. One swig. Wow. And him and his mum got arrested. (laughs) No 
Really? Yeah, taped off to the compound at the back. I couldn't go with them. I couldn't go near them. Wow. And they were interrogated, and it took us about, I'd say, a good two, two and a half hours before I could go through. And they only called me through because he was kicking off. They yeah. said, "Come, come and calm, come and calm your son down before we arrest him." Oh, <laughs> Jesus! So I calmed him down. I bet the you wife do was that again. obviously Chris was upset. I was in La La Land going, what the hell's going on? And we got escorted off-site. And they they were banned from Universal for a year. I wasn't, can I just say. Oh, yeah, you got back (laughs) in. I'm a good boy. (laughs) But it's so easy. It was nothing. We weren't feeding him drink. He just picked the bottle up, took one swig, undercover cops, straight in. Because it it was Halloween Horror Nights, and you know what it's like. Yeah. It's swarming with police. It's there's a lot of police in the parks at the best of times. But Halloween horror nights, they absolutely flood the place with undercover cops as well as. And to say we were in an isolated incident would be a lie because the compound that they had must have had a hundred, hundred and fifty people in there been pulled in for the same Jesus. thing. All for the same or similar. Wow. So never ever take a chance. Yeah. Never ever. No, it's not worth it. It's not. Now, uh, if it had been a gun, it would have been all right. (laughs) Probably, yes. (laughs) But that's a different subject for a different day. Right, let's have another question. Another one from Tim. What are these snack boxes all about? (laughs) We've all seen them. The little clear ones that you can buy in uh, Home and Bargain, Poundland, virtually any of the cheap stores you can pick them up in. Or your fellow admin sends you them when you're going on holiday. Oh, they felt, yeah. Nettie um, made me a Nian last year and she filled them are, with little sweeties and stuff. They were really it. nice. They're a must. They do. That's the ones. Uh, go, Rob's holding it. them up. It doesn't work very well on radio, but he's yeah, holding one up to show us. Excellent. The little clear Great boxes idea. with all the different compartments in that you put your savouries in, your sweets in, and that. On a long flight, they are a godsend. You just regulate what they're getting out the box. They get excited because they can pick out the different compartments and go, oh, I want that, I want that. Not so much when they're older, but when they're younger, it's it's a game. And it keeps them occupied and gives them a little thrill that they can uh, have snack. <clears throat> we all know what kids are like. They always want to eat constantly. So if you can keep, keep them nourished, it's half the battle. Anyway, that's... Mm what they're about. It's basically keeping them nourished, keeping them happy. Can I add, it, it doesn't actually have to be sweets in there. No, can, no I, it, I did say savoury things yeah, as well. Can, no, not even savoury. It could be anything that the kids like, basically. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Luke's had uh, a couple of little Lego uh, figures and uh, Lottie's had a couple of Shopkin, uh, Shopkin's bits in. That's right. I have seen people putting Lego in them yeah. so that they can build Wish I'd thought of that because Leo yeah, would love that. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah, we just leave it on the plane so if uh, anyone's walking around barefoot, they get our experience. Yeah, yeah, that could be so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's well worth remembering, Chris, when the when little uh, the little Dukes, uh, one, <laughs> two, even then it's ideal to have the little boxes to keep them occupied with different things in. I'm um, sure... Like I need to tell you anyway. You've seen it a million times on the groups. <laughs> I think I'll have a label one for myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah good thinking. Uh, yeah, with next... miniatures in it. 
<laughs> yeah, better thinking. <laughs> There's right, nothing better than 200 sugared up kids. <laughs> Here's one that I can't answer because I've never done it. Which is the best character meal for kids? And I'm going to leave that Ooh. question open. All right, well, we've Crystal done, Palace. We did a couple. We did um, Chef Mickey's mm-hmm. and um, Tusker's. Tusker's house in um, Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Um, never mind the kids. I thought they were ace. <laughs> yeah, the interaction and, and the food and everything, because it's Buffy style. Yeah. For kids, it just makes it brilliant because they can eat what they want. Ah, right. Do you know what I mean? Say, so... Yeah, I've never done a character meal, so I don't even know how they work or what exactly happens in them. Rob, we did, we did Chef Mickey's, uh, and to be honest, the kids absolutely loved it. Yeah. Uh, and you know, as it's been said, plenty of food. The kids just went and got what they wanted. Got to meet the characters they wanted. Got their books signed. You know, all the autographs done. Uh, had pictures taken. Yeah. And yeah, kids absolutely loved it, and we loved it as well. It was a great experience. How uh, long do the characters stay for? Oof. Did they we just were do in a there circle? For about an hour and a half. Oh right. So it might have been longer, but I think around about an hour and a half. That's I found that there was book. there was there wasn't long between because there's like four or five of them and then like Mickey'll come out and then Donald and they all kind of come out in turn and yeah. perhaps if you look around the room you'll maybe see two or three in different locations and then when they're finished doing the tour it's not that long before you see them starting to come out again. Yeah. So you have are you, you are pretty yeah. good with them. Have you done any character dining, Chris? Yeah, we've done a few. We've done Crystal Palace. Which was good. Looks like kids really enjoyed themselves. I think, is that Winnie the Pooh in there? Yeah. I think the problem is, is every time a character comes along, it's like that waiter that always asks how your food is when you've just taken a mouthful. <laughs> it's time you every time you take a bite of your food, there's a new one there. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, we've done Chef Mickey's and stuff as well. I don't know if you remember when I blogged about that. Kirsten loved it. I Vaguely, thought the food yeah. was a bit average. She had the time of her life, I'm sure. That character breakfast and stuff would be brilliant with young children. Yeah. I think sometimes as adults, sometimes the characters just kind of drift by you quite quickly. It's like, there's your photo, bye, see you later. But it's when there's kids there, they really kind of seem to engage much better for much longer. Mm-hmm. I find yeah. anything to do with characters now has totally changed for me now that we take the grandkids. Because yeah. I'm seeing it through their eyes. Yeah, And it, yeah. it's made one hell of a difference to how I view things around the parks even. Yeah, mm. we we took the uh, the kids on. I've got to say, it, it's a small world. The, oh, yes. Their first Your favorite trip. Ride. <laughs> so, as I said, Casey was nine months, Leo was one and a half, and that was their first ever Disney ride. We took them on that, and I thought they're not going to take much notice because at the age they're at, nothing will sink in. As soon as we went in there, their faces lit up. They looked round, even at nine months, were looking round at everything, and the smiles coming off their faces. I, th- I was amazed. I thought they're not going to notice at that age, but they lapped it up and loved every minute of it. And just seeing their faces light up and watching them look round, it made me look at that everything so differently. Yeah, makes it that little bit more special for you. Oh, doesn't... it really, really does. Definitely, Tim. We're still on character dining. I think I've done most of them over the years. Um, yeah. 
I'm not a big fan of Chef Mickey's, to be honest. Um, I just find it a little bit too busy and um, I don't find the food as good as some of the others. I think my recommendation would probably be Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably would suggest lunch rather than breakfast or dinner because it's just that little bit cheaper than dinner. But it's the same, pretty well the same food. I was actually going to ask that. Does it make a big difference on what time of day you it, go? It, yeah, I think the reason I like Crystal Palace is you can you can get out the sun a bit. It's in a good location in the middle of Magic Kingdom. So you can get in in the morning, do a load of rides, then then go for, for buffet. Um, the characters interact quite well and they circulate quite well. And then every 15 or 30 minutes, they do a, a kind of a following the um, following the leader thing around Crystal Palace as well, which is quite nice for the kids. They all kind of do a, almost like a conga line uh, type thing. Um, and, and the building itself is nice. I find Chef Mickey's a little bit like having dinner in a, in a, in a, in a lobby. It's just that little bit open and uh, doesn't feel special enough uh, for me. I do, yeah. I do agree with you about Animal Kingdom, though, Sue. I think the Tuskers there is very nice. Uh, yeah, dis- well, been, been disappointed with 1900 Park Fair in Grand Floridian, uh, mm-hmm. which is all the princesses and princes. Um, yeah. I didn't really like it. And it's, the rooms are quite small and you, you can end up in an annex. Um, so I don't think that one's one of my favourites. And uh, Cinderella's Royal Table is a is a very good experience, but very very expensive. Yeah, I've heard <laughs> the food's not up to standard there. You're really paying for the experience in Cinderella's Royal Table as opposed to the actual meal. Would that yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. It's kind of like um, be our guest as well, mm-hmm. where you're paying for the the venue rather than the food. I found that very very loud. And be our guest. We we just went in the morning, so there was no characters, but we were in the main hall, and it was very. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I loved it, the experience. But again, what you're saying is you're paying for being in the hall, you're paying for the experience of it, as opposed to the food, um, which wasn't all bad, but it was basic for what you're paying. Yeah, but we had a dining plan, so it was nothing really. So yeah, it was quite good for that. And there are a few others. There's the Chip and Dale one in Garden Court. There's the, is it Akbar's or something, Royal Table in oh, Norway. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and there's Lilo and Stitch one in Polynesian. There's the storytelling one in Wilderness Lodge. There's Fort Wilderness has Chip and Dale as well, I think, doesn't it? Or is it Goofy's yeah. or something? <laughs> there's a lot around, actually. There is, is there, yeah. <laughs> I was talking to my grandchildren this weekend and I asked them if they would like to go to a character meal this year and they did, but they said that obviously because Granny loves Mickey Mouse, they wanted to go somewhere where they could meet Mickey Mouse. So where would you recommend then, Tim, as opposed to Chef Mickey's um, or Tusker's to meet Mickey? I don't think there is. I think, well, I is think that's... not like in the, in the Stitch one in the Polynesian? Does Mickey not go there? Did I not see something on one of the pages the other day about Mickey Mouse been there in his Hawaiian stuff? Possibly. I can't recall it. Um, no. I thought Mickey was only at Chef Mickey's, but I might well be wrong on that. Well, yeah, I thought, the same. I thought they were sort of generic, not <clears throat> generic, but they were sort of specific specific to the eateries as such. Yeah. I've seen also the one in, um, I forget the name of it, the Garden Grill maybe in Epcot. 
I've seen them in there as well. You know the one that, that revolves? The restaurant Yeah, yeah Garden garden Grill or whatever, isn't garden it? Garden Grill, yeah. I've seen Mickey in there as well with Chip and Dale. Mm, yeah. I Possibly. Mickey, see, so I have seen him. But I don't know whether it was a regular thing or maybe he just turns up randomly every now and again or something. I'll need to... <laughs> When he gets kicked out of Minnie's house. (laughs) Right, moving on. Uh, Next question. What are the free kids' activities within the parks? And I'm going to start with, do you know of any, Chris? Yeah, there's the treasure map hunt, isn't there? Uh, Adventureland. Ah, yeah. That's the activity. Uh... That's all that sorcerers, is it sorcerers of sorcerers, the kingdom? Yeah. Is sorcerers of the kingdom? Yeah. Sorcerers of the kingdom. Yeah. Sorcerers of the kingdom. What is sorcerers of the kingdom? I'm acting dead uh, here. You basically go to the fire station yeah. and you get given a pack of sorcerers cards. And all the way around the park, there's uh, magic portals uh, that basically you flash your card at mm-hmm. and it will tell you to do certain things and you can battle different characters. Uh, and those cards uh, are becoming very collectible. Uh, yeah. It's like today, uh, Memorial Day, they've released a certain amount of Memorial Day ones. Uh, they do them on the 4th of July. Uh, they do them Halloween-style ones as well. Uh, and you get special characters throughout the year as well, which yeah. is an absolute fantastic idea that they've done. Uh, and it's still quite popular. It's There's people walking around with big, big folders uh, full of these cards and... Uh, just playing those all day long, which is quite yeah. a, quite a good yeah. idea, really. Yeah, definitely. Any more? Fearless for Fern in Epcot uh, is yeah. a is a like a little walkie-talkie thing, where again you have to do like a treasure hunt challenge with mm-hmm. that. You've got the kid coat coloring uh, stations again around all is the lands of Epcot. That's the yeah. mask, isn't it? Yeah, that's the, the mask. In yeah, yeah. I've yeah. Seen the passport. Was... I thought about getting that for the kids. Yeah, so that you take a mask and you get it coloured and you go around all the lands and you get to meet all the um, the regional ambassadors, you know, the country people that That's are right. on there for a year. Yeah. Um, and they uh, put a greeting on and a stamp and stuff. Um, there's also special ones during things like the Flower Festival and stuff like that that you can yeah. do. Um, but the biggest for me that a lot of people overlook is a hidden Mickey hunt. Um, there are hidden mickeys everywhere and it's great to get the book or you can now get the app for it as well i believe and just go around and and look for these things because it takes you into corners of the park that you might not visit normally yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. right i'm going to move on to a subject that sometimes causes a lot of arguments especially in the orlando groups like it's Orlando time and Orlando Impazone and many more, I should imagine. Height restrictions for kids. You get the comments on the group saying, how do we get round them? Simple answer, you don't. don't. They're there for a reason. Yeah. You don't put yeah. the padded shoes on. You we don't do put the do insoles it. in. You don't make them stand on tiptoes or somersaults. The height restrictions are there for safety reasons. Correct. And anybody who tries to bypass them is putting their child at risk. That's basically end of story. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's not worth it. And if the anything next... to happen, they, they would be the first ones to kick up a stink and oh, complain yeah. and ask for compensation. 
and just out of interest, they wouldn't get any compensation because no, they'd they broken the law. Exactly, the exactly yeah, that. So all they'd end up with is a seriously maimed child or even worse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I could have gone round asking for the opinion, but I know everyone's going to have the same opinion. Yeah, don't do it. Don't yeah. do it. And don't no. recommend other people do it. No. Because it's not fair. You do see on the group, and it riles me so much when you see oh, them yeah. trying to find ways around it. They're there for a reason. Simply I mean, put, why really, would you put really your child at risk? Kid, you can yeah. always put them on a rack and stretch them. You know, yeah. I mean, that's just about as ridiculous as trying to put them in big shoes. You know, if you really, really want your kid to be bigger, put them on a rack and stretch them. <laughs> the, the easy answer is make sure you save up and bring them back next year when they are tall enough. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Right. We are coming close to the end of our time. In fact, we're way past our time as we normally have. But I'm going to ask. What do you think is the best park for children? Nought to ten. Which would you recommend as being the best park for that age group? I know what I think. I'm just waiting to see what everybody else thinks. Uh, we'll go to depends, Sue. Doesn't it? It depends on your child, really, because like so we've got a grandson and a granddaughter. Also, we had a son and daughter when they were younger. Uh, when the children are younger, but it was like, and obviously the girls are looking for more magical princess type things, you know. Whereas, um, like my grandson Ryan, he he look he's looking forward to the safari and the animals. Mm -hmm. So I think he's going to get a lot more out of Animal Kingdom, and he did last time, even though he was only three, he got a lot more out of it than he did that we thought it was going to be the Magic Kingdom because you automatically think that's where you go first because it's that where the children love and all the rest of it, but. I don't know, though, because Toy Story Land and um, MGM obviously is now... No, not MGM. Hollywood MGM? Studios, <laughs> sorry. Hollywood Studios is a big thing for the kids now with Star Wars and Toy Story. So it is, that's a difficult question. Before, I think it was, for Ryan anyway, Animal Kingdom. But this time, I think um, MGM is going to take over. So, But uh, I'll let you know after October. <laughs> Chris, where are you looking forward to taking Junior when he's one, two? I'm assuming it's a he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a little Mickey. <laughs> uh, probably Magic Kingdom. I think that's where you go get all your iconic stuff, and mm. it's probably the park that me and Kirsten's really kind of noticed children's interactions with characters, yeah. or like you say, kids on it's a small world. Probably for that like sensory stimulation, mm. probably Magic Kingdom is. But like Sue says, Animal Kingdom, if they're into animals, also, yeah. I think every Disney park's got something different to offer. But I think my yeah, first stop would be Magic Kingdom. Obviously, everyone's to meet the main mouse and get that castle picture, etc. So, yeah, I think we'll start off with Magic Kingdom and then. Little Mickey will decide where he wants to go next. <laughs> Tim, I think I would concur with, with with Chris there. I think when they're really young, uh, up to sort of two or three, I think you're looking at Magic Kingdom is the best uh, for them. I think you then probably it's a toss up between Animal Kingdom and um, uh, MGM. I still call it MGM as well, Sue. Um, <laughs> yeah, with the addition of Toy Story Land, I think. Uh, Animal Kingdom's got some really good shows for kids. The uh, Nemo and the Lion King 
uh, are really good. And the interaction you get as you walk around is really good. I'm not, Hollywood Studios is my least favorite park. It always has been and certainly has been the last couple of years. Toy Story Land's good, but it's it's quite busy. Um, uh, Epcot's probably the least um, good for, for young kids. I think, yeah. again, when they get sort of six, seven, eight, and they can do things like the colouring station and stuff like that, it becomes more appealing. But it's a lot of walking at Epcot. Mm. Uh, it is a very big park. Um, yeah. So that's my view. Rob? Got to be MK first. Yeah. Uh, followed by Animal Kingdom, as has been said. Uh, Luke loved the animals. Uh, got some great rides there for them. Uh, great interactions as well. Uh, Epcot, to be honest, we love Epcot. But MGM, Hollywood Studios, no. Uh, a big bust for us in October when we went. Uh, even the kids just turned around and said, we've done Toy Story, can we go? Uh, and that was the biggest letdown of the you know this trip took us four years to get to yeah and for the kids to actually turn around and go we want to go we were there for quite literally two three hours yeah we've done toy story and that was it it was out of there and i think they need to do something you know hopefully with star wars opening but for yeah. us definitely magic kingdom animal kingdom epcot and then hollywood studios for us all right you can tell you're all Disney nerds because every <laughs> mention has been a Disney park. <laughs> I personally, with especially with the grandkids being the age they are, yes, Magic Kingdom has got to be a must because it's just it is the magic that you want it. You want them to experience the faces. Yeah. Yeah. But the park we found last year that they enjoyed the most was Legoland. They absolutely adored Legoland. So interactive, so much for them to do. Pressing buttons on the miniature worlds and shooting jets out all over the place. Other buttons for making cows go moo, getting on little trains. And there's a soft play area inside it. There's loads for that age group. And they absolutely loved it, the pair of them. Uh, We've never ventured into Universal with the kids. can't really comment on how they'd react to any of the universal rides or parks until we've done it with them. Uh, where else is the Bush Gardens? We haven't mentioned there. Don't tonight. forget the water parks. Don't I'll, forget the water I'll, parks. Yes. The water parks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about SeaWorld, Peter? Did they enjoy SeaWorld? SeaWorld? The kids loved SeaWorld. Yeah, they absolutely. They love all the shows. Yeah. Even at that young age, they sat there glued to all the shows. Yeah, I love the and shows. Of course, we took them to the edge of the splash zone for yeah, yeah, you know, for yeah, for yeah. everything basically because they loved <laughs> getting wet. Yeah, me not so much, but they loved it. <laughs> <laughs> You've just got to pick and choose out of each park. But uh, as I say, my experience this last trip was Legoland for that age group. They just adored it. Yeah, as yeah. I say, the first trip they went on. It was, it's a small world, etc. And the castle, it was all bright lights, and they loved all that. But yeah, it, it depends on the child as well or children. Uh, yeah, we did Boggy Creek last year for the first ever time. Oh yeah, loved it. Absolutely brilliant. You know. Yeah. Uh, I love that. 
fantastic. You know, we, we, we had it free and it was the half an hour excursion. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We all sat there and we absolutely loved it. You know, just it's something different from the parks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we went to, oh, where was it last year? It's got an airboat ride with it, but it's an actual, like a... Wales Florida? That's the one. We went there with the kids and they loved that. Wild Florida. Yeah. It was uh, just a nice slow walk around. Such a leisurely day. You can relax. The kids are engrossed in all the different birds, animals, crocodiles, which you want to throw them to occasionally. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they enjoyed that as well. I think it was because it was like a rest day for everybody and they were ready to wind down because we dragged them from pillar to post for a few days. Yeah. 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 It was just nice to go around. You've got to have a down day, haven't you? You know, yeah, definitely. So many but, people yeah. don't, and I must admit, all the, the previous times we've done it, we've always gone hell for leather. Uh, 2014, we turned up, we landed, and 2012, we didn't do it, but 2014, we landed, we went, right, let's do MK. Worst thing ever. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, no, nightmare. not a travel day. Yeah. No, I hated it. And do you know what? It was, it put us off, and it was like, nope. Nope, 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 nope. And people ask about, you know, what do you do travel day? Quite actually, last year Relax. we arrived, we found yeah. our room, uh, we had a bit of Disney magic with one of the cast members with uh, in Port Orleans. Uh, said, look, go and find your room, I'll order your pizza, it'll be here when you get ready, uh, when you yeah. get back. And do you know what? There was bottles of water and a pizza waiting for us when we got back. Brilliant. And do you know what? That's what you need at an end of a day travelling. Uh, it's 21, 22 hours when you work it out sometimes. And, you know, whatever age the kids are, they're going to be shattered. So yeah. are the adults. That's something <laughs> you've got to remember, Chris, especially with very young children. Oh, lots yeah. of rest time. Yeah. Your energy yeah. levels don't matter. <laughs> they will let yeah. you know when they're tired. <laughs> <laughs> can... Yeah, they dictate. Let, let, yeah. let the baby dictate. You will find... Because... You will find Junior will take over your life and direct you what you're doing, not you tell them. Yeah. Up until about five, and then you can start telling them what to do. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then once he hits 12, 13, it's back the other way again. (laughs) Right, we have well overshot our time, but I've enjoyed every minute of tonight's chat. Uh, Hopefully, we will see everybody again in future chats because it's it's a good way of getting points across and personal opinions in a relaxed manner so that everybody can pick things up from so i'm going to say thank you very much chris thank you very much sue thank you very much tim and thank you very much rob say bye 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 Bye, guys we will be back soon thanks everybody Grumpy middle-aged dad and Lottie. More adventures in Orlando. Day nine. Time to go home day. Oh. Today's look. International jet-setting chaveler. Joggers. Drop crotch specials H&M. T-shirt. The Barry Manilow Mandy Tour 1986. Flight socks. Poundland. Broly Well, my friends, it's time to go to pack our bags and leave Orlando. 
It's been great fun. We've had a ball. Thanks for listening. I love you all. Which is technically not true. Although I do feel I've got to know some of my listeners over the last year or so. Please don't take that the wrong way and turn up at my eggs with flowers and chocolates or anything. Although, if you do, a small bouquet of pink roses, a kinder bueno and a bottle of yellowtail would be very nice, thank you. Oh, and a pig's dick for the dog so she doesn't feel left out. It didn't take long for Lottie and I to pack this morning, so after chucking my clothes into my case, 75% of which I didn't wear and are destined to go straight back up the loft when I've lost some weight, I left Lottie monging out in room 3149 and headed out to the pool, where I tried to defy physics and logic by getting an all-over tan in the remaining two hours that I've got left. As previously mentioned, I'm from the black country and we like to get our money's worth for everything. In this case, sunshine, which technically I've paid for. Getting value for money also extends to petty pilfering, especially when it comes to the convenient but terribly expensive marketplace shop where the fools let you help yourself to posh condiments like really, really posh peanut butter, Philadelphia cheese spread and organic honey. When I get back, I'm going to flog all these Ken salad dressings I've nicked on eBay. I reckon I'll break even on the holiday by the time I've done that. We've had an action-packed eight days so far, and although it's been hot and sunny, I'm still whiter than a milk bottle. After spending enough money to set up a small business, I can't go on with a suntan, can I? Or rather, I can't go on without a suntan, can I? In order to make my chubby face look a little more healthy and a lot less pasty, I had an idea. I should get one of those reflective sunscreens. A genius idea, as I've always wanted to see what I look like with sunburnt nostrils. I guess they'd sell them in the shop, so I waddled over in and just in me bright yellow speedos and matching bum bag and asked the nice lady behind the till, Chantel Chlamydia, if they had any in stock. It turns out they didn't, but she did manage to persuade today's chef, Chesney Diesel Jackson Jr., to fettle something out of bako foil and an old catering tub of Ken's mayonnaise. Comfortably plonked by the pool in the sun, I fell asleep in an instant, listening to Barry Manilow with my homemade sunscreen wrapped around my neck like one of them plastic things used to stop dogs licking their bits after they've been done. I awoke from a bad dream about drowning in a vat of mayonnaise to realise that it had started to rain and my homemade sunscreen had doubled up as a funnel. Effectively, I'd invented human neck guttering with the added and now obvious flaw that water laced with leftover mayo slime was being swiftly channelled all down my throat, neck and chest. I packed up my stuff and dashed quickly back to the room for one last shower and once I'd washed off the remnants of Hawaiian Tropic and greasy condiment sauce, I changed into my travelling clothes. Lottie is always super organised, so she was all ready to go. I always think it's a sad moment when you have to leave a hotel room after a good holiday and this was no exception. We've had a lot of fun in this room, from laughing at American TV chuckling about some of the stuff we've been up to and just acting daft as a result of being chucked together. It's precious time and I've enjoyed it immensely. It's strange how you become attached to a hotel room, isn't it? 
Room 3149 at the Hard Rock Hotel, Orlando, will always hold a very special place in my heart. It was with a great deal of sadness that I had to say a teary goodbye to the bed. I lobbed the V's at the coffee machine and took one last room look around the room to make sure I'd nicked as much as I could before closing the heavy door behind me. We chucked our cases in with the rock band lookalikes at the concierge and headed out for a 3,000 calorie lunch by the swimming pool, topped off with another one of those beers with an orange in it called Blue Moon. I don't really like the beer to be truthful, I just like the gimmick of having an orange in it. Like a lot of simple things that amuse my childish brain, it makes me smile when I see it. Inside my head, I have a little happy character, like the one in Inside Out, and every time he sees the orange in a beer, he jumps up and down, clapping in a happy excitement. It's the same reaction when I see a bra strap. The only problem with this orangey beer is is that the orange got wedged in the bottom of the glass, only to be released as I took my last big greedy gulp, causing a blue moon tsunami to wash over my chops and all over my new pink top. This is not a new phenomenon. There is barely a poncy item of clothing in my wardrobe that doesn't have some sort of canteen medal. Something mysterious seems to happen in that last millisecond as the fork or spoon travels to the last inch in my, to my eagerly opened mouth, causing the contents of said fork or spoon to topple, usually landing on my chin, chest or belly, leaving behind a splattered stain equivalent to a blob of paint. I have no idea why this is. I don't have the shakes. I don't think I'm a messy eater, and, as it stands at the moment... Other than an inability to hold in a trump, I have full control over my bodily functions. I've just come to accept that this is my lot and I'm one of life's messy eaters. I could make an upside down sloth look like he had the table manners of little Lord Fauntleroy. Anyway, I'll be back in a bit for part two. Grumpy out. Ta-da for a bit. Good evening everyone, it's Sue Sutherland here with your weather forecast for the OI podcast. Um, We'll jump right in to Tuesday the 28th of May where we've got 36 degrees with a real feel of 39 degrees. It's going to be mostly sunny and unseasonably hot but less humid. We've got zero millimetres of rainfall and 22% cloud cover. At night, we've got 21 degrees with a real feel of 21 degrees. It's going to be mainly clear. We've got zero millimetres of rainfall and 14% cloud cover. On Wednesday, the 29th of May, we'd like to say happy holidays to Nettie, one of our admin on the IOZ network, who's travelling out today with her sister and her niece. Have a fantastic holiday, Nettie, and we're all looking forward to hearing all about it. Anyway... Your weather on Wednesday, Nettie, is going to be 36 degrees with a real feel of 38 degrees. It's going to be mostly sunny and hot. We've got zero millimetres of rainfall and 11% cloud cover. So look at some of those stars for me. At night, we've got 22 degrees when you'll really be able to see the stars, obviously, not through the day. A real feel of 22 degrees, it's going to be clear. 
zero millimetres of rainfall and 4% cloud cover. So you're definitely going to be able to see those stars for me. And then on Thursday the 30th of May, we've got 36 degrees with a real feel of 39 degrees. It's going to be sunshine and a few clouds and it's going to be hot. Zero millimetres of rainfall and 16% cloud cover. At night, we've got 23 degrees with a real feel of 24 degrees. It's going to be clear. Zero millimetres of rainfall and 10% cloud cover. On Friday the 31st of May, we've got 35 degrees with a real feel of 39 degrees. Partly sunshine and warm. Zero millimetres of rainfall and 44% cloud cover. At night, we've got 23 degrees, which is going to feel like 27 degrees. It's going to be mainly clear. Zero millimetres of rainfall and 29% cloud cover. On Saturday, the 1st of June, we've got 34 degrees with a real feel of 38 degrees. Partly sunny, a shower or a thunderstorm in spots. 5.1 millimetres of rainfall and 45% cloud cover. At night, we've got 23 degrees with a real feel of 27 degrees, mainly clear and humid. Zero millimetres of rainfall and 14% cloud cover. On Sunday the 2nd of June, we've got 34 degrees with a real feel of 38 degrees, zero millimetres of rainfall, 27 degrees and it's going to be partly sunny. At night, we've got 24 degrees, which is going to feel like 29 degrees, mainly clear, warm and humid. We've got zero millimetres of rainfall and 57% cloud cover. On Monday the 3rd of June, we've got 34 degrees with a real feel of 38 degrees, intervals of cloud and sunshine. Zero millimetres of rainfall and 57% cloud cover. At night, 23 degrees with a real feel of 26 degrees, mainly clear, and zero millimetres of rainfall and 21% cloud cover. On Tuesday the 4th of June, which is my grandson's first birthday, happy birthday Harrison, we've got 34 degrees with a real feel of 39 degrees, sun and some clouds, zero millimetres of rainfall and 40% cloud cover. At night we've got 23 degrees with a real feel of 27 degrees, patchy clouds and humid. Zero millimetres of rainfall with 31% cloud cover. On Wednesday the 5th of June we have got 33 degrees, which is going to feel like 36 degrees, cloudy most of the time. Zero millimetres of rainfall and 83% cloud cover. At night we've got 23 degrees, which is going to feel like 26 degrees, considerable cloudiness, a thunderstorm and humid. 2.5 millimetres of rainfall and 89% cloud cover. On Thursday the 6th of June, we've got 33 degrees with a real feel of 36 degrees, partly sunny, a shower or a thunderstorm possible, zero millimetres of rainfall and 39% cloud cover. At night, we've got 22 degrees with a real feel of 24 degrees, partly cloudy, zero millimetres of rainfall and 42% cloud cover. On Friday the 2nd of June, 7th of June, my apologies, 
we've got 33 degrees with a real feel of 38 degrees times of cloud and sun, zero millimetres of rainfall and 70% cloud cover. At night, we've got 22 degrees with a real feel of 24 degrees, a couple of thunderstorms around in the evening, otherwise it's just going to be cloudy. 2.1 millimetres of rainfall and 94% cloud cover. On Saturday the 8th of June, we've got 32 degrees with a real feel of 36 degrees, mostly cloudy and a thunderstorm's going to be possible. But zero millimetres of rainfall and 81% cloud cover. At night, we've got 22 degrees with a real feel of 24 degrees, a couple of thunderstorms around in the evening, otherwise it's just going to be mostly cloudy. 2.3 millimetres of rainfall and 80% cloud cover. On Sunday the 9th, we've got 32 degrees with a real feel of 37 degrees, mostly cloudy and a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. 9 millimetres of rainfall and 82% cloud cover. At night, we've got 22 degrees with a real feel of 25 degrees, mostly cloudy and humid, zero millimetres of rainfall and 83% cloud cover. That concludes your weather forecast for this fortnight and I'll catch up with you again in a couple of weeks and give you some more. But just now, apply that sun cream and enjoy yourself, guys. I'm Sue and I love Mickey Mouse. Grumpy middle-aged dad and Lottie, more adventures in Orlando. Day nine continued, the time to go home day. You join me just as Lottie and I are about to leave Orlando after a final meal at Hard Rock. With a full belly, a new orange stain on my top and $70 less in my pocket, Lottie and I headed, had a last little look around the lobby and took a few final photographs before jumping into our cab to be whisked over to Orlando Airport. My flying anxiety kicks in as soon as I get the first sight of a plane coming into land or when I spot the air traffic control tower and today was no different. That's the trigger point for me to reach for my hidden bit of vodka apple juice and a couple of milligrams of tranquilizers, just to take the edge off proceedings and give everything a warm, pastely glow. It also turns me into a happier, dopier version of myself and makes me believe I'm much funnier than I really am. Which is why, in the mile-long queue to clear airport security, I whipped out my universal room key and laughingly asked the big US immigration guy, Chuck Eugene Cletus Jr. Is this the express lane, mate? <laughs> Chuck Eugene had no sense of humour. He did, however, have a really big assistant who took a giant step forward politely placed his massive hand on my shoulder and quietly advised me to calm down and not breach security protocols. Spoil sport. Once clear of security, we headed through duty-free and an opportunity to load up on booze so I could enjoy the flight back. I'd paid in advance to use one of the posh lounges again, mainly because it works out financially better due to the amount of vodka I can drink, but also because I can pilfer some more food. 
I'd come prepared with a fold-up, zippable Mickey Mouse lunchbox I'd bought for a quid from Primark to avoid suspicion. And while Lottie looked on in disgust, I hastily rolled up a half a dozen pastrami, turkey and Swiss cheese sandwiches behind my PC. You see a laptop, I see a modestly screen, perfectly sized to make a secret airplane picnic. Lottie wandered off for a trawl around duty free whilst I sat alone, writing away and reflecting on a wonderful few days, broken only by frequent trips to the bar and more frequent trips to the little pilot's room. 45 minutes before takeoff, Lottie came to collect me and delicately helped her drunken fool of her dad to the boarding gate, onto the plane and up and out of Orlando. The flight itself or what I can remember of it, as I was higher than a hippie in a hot air balloon, was boring and uneventful, save for a few things. I had the middle seat, which I hate, and had absolutely zero leg room. There's more free space and comfort on Rip Ride Rocket. And the friendly guy sitting next to me was enormous. I mean, like, gigantic. In my soppy state, I always talk to strangers as I think that I'm really interesting and I always seem to make a fool of myself. As my new mate, the BFG, next to me, witnessed on more than one occasion. First off, I managed to spill my drink on him. Then I fell into a dribbly sleep, leaning on his big comfy shoulder. And finally, I dropped my rucksack on his head, trying to find my headphones. He and Lottie looked at each other across the seats with a knowing air of sympathy and in an instant I think he felt, I think he felt our suffering. Also, the pretty virgin stewardess serving us the food and drink had the most enormous boobs I'd ever seen in my life. They were humongous. When I first saw her wander up and down the aisle, I proper panicked, thinking something was wrong as she had already blown up her life jacket under her uniform. Never mind hiding your bro- phone in a bra, she could have got a whole call centre in there. I didn't stare, honest. An unfortunate side effect of too many stolen turkey and Swiss cheese sarnies mixed with fizzy gin and tonics at 30,000 feet is flatulence. You can try as hard as you like, you can wiggle in your seat and clench your butt cheeks together to try and keep it trapped, but it's sometimes just better to make like Elsa and let it go which I did quite a few times. I did one fight so loud that the four people in front of me turned round and for a minute I thought I was on the voice. I slept, trumped and wrote an entire chapter about Lottie that when I read back later it made absolutely no sense at all. The flight seemed to drag on and was easily the worst part of the week so I won't waste any more of your time on that and just fast forward to our arrival back at home in the black country. Wifey and handsome son had hugs galore. Molly the cockapoo got dead excited and piddled on my poncy Ted Baker trainers and I had a proper cup of Yorkshire tea. Mmm. One of the side effects of the tranquilizers and booze is that I get the mad munchies and today it was a craving for toast. Anything on toast. Sometimes just more toast. I scoffed my toast as homecoming gifts were fertiled out of cases. I don't know why, but wifey was singularly unimpressed with her new genuine alligator claw back scratcher and forest gump badges. 
In my opinion, it's an improvement on the garment steamer I got her for Christmas 2016. That was a frozen Christmas, I'll tell you. Huh? I was filled in with the last eight days worth of fam shenanigans, which included new additions to the ever-growing list of items that the dog is allergic to, and if swallowed, will cause a 500 quid vet's bill. I found out that my uncle's scaffold company had gone to the wall, and my cousin's attempt to revive the kids' game Jenga had collapsed. Oh, and that the Dudley's oldest paperboy had died at 84. Which is a shame, because the bloke at 86 never did get his papers. And that was it. Back to normality. I felt a jet lag fueled power nap coming on, but before I had a chance to close my eyes, Lottie disappeared to see her lovely boyfriend, meaning that we were apart for the first time in ten days. As I watched her jump into his arms and then speed off in his car, my heart ached. I missed her straight away. My eyes closed as I tried not to think about it and instead just concentrated on the amazing experience that we've both just had and the precious time and lifelong memories we've made. I hope that she will always remember these past 10 days and by committing it all to paper in the books and then these podcasts as a way to record it all and to ensure that it should never ever be forgotten by either of us. Not that she'll ever read, eat or listen. She thinks this stuff's absolute drivel. And with that, listeners, it's the end. Thanks for listening, and if you like my stuff, please check out my books, which are all available on Amazon, and my own page, www.grumpymad.co.uk. My name's Michael Adley, otherwise known as the Grumpy Middle-Aged Dad. Thank you. ta da Well, that's it, guys. I do hope you've enjoyed listening to the show and that our opinions have helped you in some way. We hope you've had a giggle with Michael and we hope that the weather's come in handy for you as well. We do hope you tell your friends about the Orlando Infopod and get them listening. The more, the merrier and the uh, the more professional we'll be as time goes on. But we're we're getting there. We're starting off pretty well, I think judging by the listening figures. Okay, all that's left for me to say is, if you're going on holiday to Orlando, have an absolutely amazing time, and don't forget to go on your respective Facebook group and let everybody know. Please let us know on It's Orlando Time and the Orlando Info Zone, and of course on the Orlando Info Pod groups on Facebook. But for now, from me, from Rob Davey, Chris Fenton, Tim Tinsley, Sue Sutherland. It's good night. God bless. Stay safe. Bye for now. Orlando InfoPod, the podcast for all things Orlando. Do you love vacationing in the magical world of Orlando, Florida? Do you need information, news, laughter? Well, this is the podcast for you. We have news, views, and information that will help you have the best vacation ever. Available on eight platforms. Find us on Facebook for all the links.